Welcome to MTSU on the Record. I'm Jenna Logue. We continue our appreciation of the MT Engage program, which turns five years old this year. The MT Engage program employs high-impact teaching strategies and hands-on practices to get and keep students involved in their studies. Our guest is Dr. Christina Cobb of University Studies, who teaches math in her MT Engage class by playing a sort of game show host to eager students who solve equations for valuable prizes. How one college professor makes math count after this. Here are some of the headlines making news at mtsunews.com, the university's news and information website. On June 8th, MTSU's Board of Trustees raised tuition and fees by 1.78% for the 2021-2022 academic year. However, the institution still remains the lowest priced among the state's three largest universities. The action translates to an extra $168 from $9,424 to $9,592 a year. That's for in-state undergrads taking a full-time load of 15 credit hours per semester for fall and spring. And MTSU's most prestigious honor society for all academic disciplines has received a grant to help it promote literacy and its dedication to the love of learning. From its national headquarters in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, the Honor Society of Phi Kappa Phi has given $1,200 to its MTSU chapter to create and maintain little free libraries. In partnership with the MTSU Circle of the Omicron Delta Kappa National Leadership Honor Society, PKP will put the libraries at three sites on campus that serve children under the age of five. These are the Child Development Center, the Child Care Lab, and the the Ann Campbell Early Learning Center. For MTSU News at any time, go to mtsunews.com. What, what, is, what is it called? I mean, when you go to look it up and sign up for it, what's the title of the class? So, okay, so I teach uh, Math 1010, it's Math for General Studies, uh, Math 1010K, and um, within that class, I try to do activities and games, uh, so not just the games, I do um different, I use different technology pieces like Kahoot, Nearpod, um, just to kind of get the students engaged. And I also um, host a math game night and that's through MT Engage. I've been um, applying for that uh, internal grant with MT Engage for the past three years and I've got the funding from them to host um, this game night where students come and um, I usually have food but this past year of course it was virtual so no food but they go around to different math stations and they play games so this year we had uh, bingo with equations um, and we also had like an escape room type um, of game with logic so it's kind of just to give you a summary of some of the things that we do. You mean like they, you have an equation and then the first person to solve the equation gets that bingo square? Is that how yeah, that so, works? Yeah, so on the bingo square, it has just the answers. It has a whole bunch of random answers on it. And then um, the professor would call out a random equation uh, like X plus four equals five. And so the student would have to solve the equation and then they would look for that answer on their bingo card. And then once they get, you know, the diagonal, or horizontal or vertically, then they would call out bingo. Do they get prizes if they win? 
Yep, yep, absolutely. So we do have prizes. So that's what part of the money um, goes towards the um, prizes. So this year we gave away um, the backpacks with the portable charger port in it, some portable chargers, the erasable notebooks, and the laptop stand um, when you're working from um, home or in the in the dorm room. In their case. Now, what were those two uh, pieces of uh, or software programs that you mentioned earlier? Tell us about them. What are they like? Mm -hmm. So I use Nearpod in the classroom. It's like an interactive uh, PowerPoint. And so when students log on and and this can be done um, face to face or virtually. And when they log on with their electronic device, which could be a laptop or a phone, they'll put in the code. And then once they put the code in, they will see what I have. Uh, posted on the screen and um and it has it where they cannot move on until i hit the uh next button on my end on my computer and it has it where you can do um a a video you can add on there you can do open-ended questions they can have a you can have a survey on there and say hey what did you uh learn today in the class what part kind of um did you misunderstand etc you can put a game and have a game on there called time to climb and you could put a a problem on there and students have to answer the question and if they answer it the quickest and it's correct then they'll move up the little hill uh the fastest and they're the winner um and the same thing with kahoot is not a a interactive powerpoint but it is a game type feature and you can do true or false uh, questions or multiple choice questions. Um, and they have some other features on there, but um, the, the version that I use is just the true or false and the multiple choice questions. And so I post a question on the screen and then the students have to answer with like a cell phone or iPad and it's based on the color. So on their end, all they see is the color on their phone and then the question is posted on the main screen and it may say something like, um, solve this equation or figure out the next number in the sequence and then the answers will all be color coded and they press that color on their cell phone and then after each round it shows who's in first place who's in second place and so forth on and how long have you been using games like this uh in in your college classes um i have been using these these kind of games since i started teaching um, I've always been very active in um, what I do in class. I um, had a professor when I was in school and uh, she really instilled that into me. Her name was Dr. Jackson. And it was my first time I had ever been in an active learning environment. Most of my classes have always been just lecture based. And I was really um, amazed and I was really engaged in the lesson. And I said, you know what, this is how I want to teach my classes. And so I kind of took that on from college and said I was going to always uh, aim to make my class as as fun and as engaging and as inviting as I could for my students to just have a great time in math class and just say, man, I can really do this. It's not as bad as I thought it was. It's not as hard as I thought it was. I really get that a lot. Like, this is really easy. I can do this. And this is so much fun. Um, Like, for example, I had a few students email me after the math game. And I was like, this was so much fun. And that's the whole goal behind all of this. I want students 
to not just learn the material, but have a fun time learning the material. And so they can actually use that information to transfer to another math class or whatever class they have to go to and say, uh, I really learned something in that class and I could use this as a great foundation for something else. Are most of the students in your MT Engage class non-math majors? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. I have most of them are nine math majors. So most of them are like, I only need this one class. Like I just need to get through this class. And I'm like, I understand, but let's make sure we learn the material. You never know when you're going to use this again. Um, so yeah, most of them are nine math majors. Um, some of them, I do have a few that are like uh, engineering. And so they have to keep going, but for the most part, yeah, most of them are nine math majors, but um, they, they still enjoy the math class. Even math majors have to take the basic math classes, right? I mean, well, okay. is, is that so still it, mandatory for them or do they get to bypass that and move to something like more intermediate or whatever? So it depends on their um, ACT, SAT score when they come in would be what a term in like where they would be placed. So it just depends on that particular student. They may be placed in one of the um, the prescribed math courses, which is uh, where the area of I teach in, or they may be placed in a pre-cal or a calculus. Uh, so it just depends on the student. We'll take a break here. This is MTSU on the record. Specialized training in forensic science prepares tomorrow's professionals through the Forensic Institute for Research and Education, or FIRE. The Forensic Anthropology Search and Recovery Team assists law enforcement with skeletal remains at crime scenes. Legendary forensic scientists provide lectures free to the public, and high school students work realistic crime scenes each summer at our CSI MTSU camp. I'm Dr. Hugh Berryman, Director of FIRE. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. Expanding New Horizons is an annual hands-on science and math conference for middle and high school girls. EYH enables girls to investigate careers in science and math and to talk with female leaders in those fields that are so essential to our nation's future. EYH also provides the girls with fun, hands-on activities and allows them to meet girls with similar interests. I'm Dr. Judith Iriarte-Gross, EYH Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're back with Dr. Christina Cobb, who teaches math in the College of University Studies and in one course under the auspices of the MT Engage program. MT Engage is five years old. How long have you been doing MT Engage courses? Um, so I've been doing MT Engage courses for the past, I want to say it's like three, about three years. I, I, I know it started about five years ago, but I don't think I was involved the first, like the first year or two mm-hmm. and then somebody approached approached me about it so I think about the last three three about okay. three years what appealed to you about it about getting involved in it um so once I saw like some of the presentations on um everything that they were doing I said hey I'm already doing this in class so why not <laughs> become a MT engaged certified instructor and so I went to the summit and as I was at the summit, I was like, man, I'm, I'm definitely doing most of this in the classroom, like the cooperative group work, reflective um, thinking in the class. So I was like, I'm, I'm glad I did decide to join this. And it's been the best uh, I, uh, decision I could have made. They, they, they tell me that um, lecture is the most 
ineffective way to try to teach a student. And I can't imagine somebody just standing up there in front of a whiteboard in math class, especially, and just going, <laughs> you know, you, you, you've got to get them into it some way or another. Yes, right? yes. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I, it's funny, I was having a conversation with uh, one of my colleagues, and we were discussing the same exact thing about lecturing. And it's not that we're not opposed to lecture at all, because guess what? You can make your lecture an interactive lecture and get your students engaged and involved. Um, so I'm not opposed to lecturing. Um, I still lecture. I just have like many lectures. So I may lecture for about 20 minutes if I'm teaching a new lesson, but then I may go to an activity. Say, okay, now I'm going to put you in, like I'm teaching a remote class. So I may say, I'm going to put you in the breakout rooms and then I want you guys to work on this as a group, or I'm going to, I may say, okay, let's take a break now and let's play. I did a Mapperty game, like just like Jeopardy. And we did that together as a whole group. So I still lecture some, some days, but I try to make it um, a small amount of time. So that way I won't lose the students interest. They're like, oh, okay, here's another lecture. I, I don't want that part. So I try to make it um, really, really, really uh, like a small portion of my lesson where I do do a, those mini lectures. It, it, has it been like a pretty smooth transition from in the classroom to the pandemic online method of teaching or do you miss in-person teaching a lot? I miss, I miss in-person teaching, but I would say, um, so in the fall semester, I was uh, teaching on ground versus this semester, my class is remote. And being on ground in the fall where everybody had to be six feet apart, you had to have your mask on. I couldn't have the students to interact. So that was really rough on me because I love games, activities, getting the students together in cooperative groups. So I was like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make this work? So going from that to my remote class, it has been uh, really uh, a big deal for me personally, because like now I can do all those games I wanted to do that I couldn't do because of COVID because now we're virtually so I put them in breakout rooms or I say let's get together and do this game so I have enjoyed teaching my class remotely because I can still do those activities right now so I am looking forward to um, the fall semester hoping that we can uh, get back to some some kind of normalcy. Have, have any of your students had problems with the digital divide, like maybe not having access to a computer or living so far out in the country, the connectivity is really lousy? Yeah, I have had a few students that the connectivity has been a problem, but they'll just uh, say, hey, they'll shoot me an email and say, I'm having problems with my internet right now. And then they'll just try to try to jump back on later. And so I just let them back in on the Zoom. And then if they still have issues and all of my lectures for the class are being recorded on Panoptu, so then they can go back and watch those lectures as well. Yeah. About how many students do you usually have ballpark in, in this MT Engage class? Um, ballpark around 20, 24, maybe at most like about 25. Um, so it's a rather small class. Do they know from the outset, from the get-go, from the first time they get the syllabus that that games are part of going to be part of the class and part of the equation? So, okay, so they don't necessarily know there's gonna be games, but they do know that it is an MT Engage course that uh, all of my courses are designated on the on Pipeline as an MT Engage 
course. So they do know that ahead of time. But what they do not know is that we're actually going to be playing games, um, doing different technology on the computer. Um, so I kind of explain that on day one when I go through my syllabus with them that, hey, this is an MT Engage course, which means we're going to do X, Y, and Z. So I kind of explain that on day one all the things that we would do for the semester. Are, are there certain things that, that you have to do for the program? I mean, like does MT Engage like set certain criteria and then each teacher has to meet those criteria? Or do you have a lot of freedom in how you design the course and how you, uh, how you run the course? So yeah, we have a lot, we actually have a lot of freedom on how we design the course. The only um, thing that we have to do is a certified um uh, project that one project has to be um, an MT Engage project where they have to uh, complete a survey at the end of the semester and then I have to fill out a rubric for that particular project that I decided to implement as my MT Engage uh, project. So I know uh, one year I did a project where they had to buy a house and so in Mountain 10, we do have a finance section and they teach uh, how to calculate your mortgage payments. And so I took that section and I made it a project. It was my MT Engage um, certified project. And in it, the students had to go find a house for sale, an actual house for sale. They had to figure out how much the taxes were going to cost on that and insurance. Um, and then they had to figure out based on how much money they were going to be making. So they had to figure out where they was going to live, um, what kind of job they was going to have. And they had to figure out how much money um, they could afford, first of all, and then figure out if they can afford the, the payments for that house and how much it's going to cost. Now, I had some students in there. They just thought they was going to graduate from college and they was going to have a multi-million dollar house. And I said, hey, let's bring this back down to reality here. <laughs> okay, Not saying that you cannot have that dream home and that multi-million dollar house. I'm not saying that. Okay. I told him I, I want that for all of you guys, but let's just come back down to reality here when you first graduate and you're going to go into this entry level position Let's think about how much money you're going to be making and in what area you're going to be living in. So that was the one um, thing that you do have to do. You, have, you do have to have that that one assignment, that signature assignment. That's what it's called, a signature assignment. I keep calling it certified, but it's the MT Engage signature assignment. And um, once they're done and they submit the signature assignment, then we go in and we rate them based on the rubric. But that's not, they don't get a grade based on the rubric. The rubric is just for the MT Engage department to kind of see where the students are in that process. Does uh, giving it a real world application like that help them get into it more? Yes, absolutely. They, like you would be surprised. They, they're like, and some of them, when I show them, so, cause I, as I said, we, I teach them the section first on how to calculate the monthly payments for that house that they want. And you'll be surprised some of them when they see some of the interest rates on some of the examples I give and they say, they see how much goes towards principal versus how much goes towards interest. They was like, oh my gosh, this is a rip off. <laughs> and like, all my money is going towards interest. And I'm like, hey, this is, I'm just giving you the numbers here. I'm just showing you how things can fall, but it doesn't mean it's going to be your same situation. It depends on your interest rate and you know how much your house is going to cost. But yeah, they really get into that lesson because like you said, it is a real world example. So that kind of brings it full circle. My parents' attitude was we need to shield the kids 
from mm-hmm. adult problems. Yeah, yeah. Of trying to so that the kid does not carry the burden of mommy and daddy can't pay for such and such and so and so. I, I I get that, but you've got to have an some kind of an idea of what people are facing, so you know what you're facing, right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yes, yes. Yeah. But some of them have no idea. Some of them have no idea. And I do have a few. Like every now and then, I have uh, some non-traditional students in the class, and I can I can use them as my, I call it my amen corner. And they like, yeah, like they get, this is crazy that, you know, cause some of them have houses um, and they're like, yeah, I had to pay this or I had to pay this without giving too much information, but they do kind of give them an example. And so that kind of like makes it really realistic for them. Like, oh man, like this is real. <laughs> Are the non-traditional students, most of them people who went to college for a while and then got wrapped up in marriage and job and real life and then decided to come back? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do have a lot of those. And then some of them are just, they they didn't go to college at all. And they decided, hey, now, you know, they went into a career field. They didn't have to have a college degree. And then they decided, hey, they're moving up the, the corporate ladder, but they now they need to have that kind of some kind of degree behind their name. And now they want to come back. Um, so it just depends on the student. But yeah, so some of them are, they had babies and then they want to come back. But all the, t- the non-traditional students, they are so wonderful. I, I just love them. They're all wonderful. The non-traditional students, it's been a long time since they had to deal with any math like this, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I don't, I don't know if it brings back memories for them or if they're like, I'm so glad I forgot all of this. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, and so with the non with my non traditional students, I always when I get them in the class, they the first thing they say to me is, "Dr. Cobb, I have not had math in ten years or 20, whatever the case may be." And I'm like, "You're gonna be fine. We're gonna get through this together. I'm here to encourage you along the way, and you'll be surprised by the end of the semester. They're like, "Man, I can't believe I passed this class. You are such a wonderful professor. I enjoyed your class." And then we do. I do have some. Like I have one student. She works in. Um, a finance field but she's like I know numbers all day but this is still this is crazy this math class is still (laughs) (laughs) let's pause again here we'll be back in a moment this is MTSU on the record the American Democracy Project is a nonprofit initiative which strives for greater voter registration and civic participation among young people at MTSU and at campuses nationwide Through encouragement from professors and peers, young adults are shown the value of being more active citizens in their community, their state, and their nation. ADP seeks to nurture programs that raise the campus community's level of engagement with society. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The Middle East Center at MTSU seeks to promote greater understanding of the politics, history, and culture of this vitally important region of the world. Its mission includes the promotion of outreach programs and faculty research. The center sponsors lectures by Middle East experts and scholarly exchanges. We're especially pleased to offer a new interdisciplinary minor in Middle East studies with courses in Arabic and Hebrew. This is Dr. Alan Hibbard, Center Director. For all the latest MTSU information, go to mtsunews.com. We're continuing to celebrate the five-year anniversary of the MT Engage Student Success Program with one of its practitioners, Dr. Christina Cobb of University Studies. I was of the generation where in the third grade, they started giving us base five and all of that kind of thing. And uh, the the so-called new math. Mm -hmm. And it just threw my parents for a loop because they couldn't (laughs) help me with it. They had experienced nothing like it, you know? 
when I went back to college, I started taking remedial, I had to have a remedial math course uh, at MTSU. This is long before MT Engage was created. And uh, my professor was great. But on the day of the final exam, the late, there was a lady who was pregnant and she was in a wheelchair. She's sitting at the back of the class. She went into contractions, but she stayed there and finished her final exam before she went to the hospital. Wow. I yeah, could like her contractions were something like five minutes apart. She's sitting there doing math and the final exam. I don't know how she did it. Now that's um, commitment right there. <laughs> I, I don't know why she just raise her hand. Uh, excuse me. I got to go to the hospital, <laughs> you know, <sighs> no lie. That was a, that was a, that was strange. I mean, I made a good grade on it and everything, you know, but uh, God bless her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's, that, that's commitment right there. Wow. <laughs> so you say you were doing stuff like this kind of before MT Engage came along. So how does MT Engage make it different from, you know, the creativity and the commitment that you've already poured into your teaching beforehand? So I, I love MT Engage because n- number one, it's like having that support system where you have other like-minded professors on campus that are also trying to do the same things that you're doing. So you guys can bounce ideas off of each other. So I love that. I love the summer institute that they do where we get together and present these ideas. And also um, they have workshops that they host. So it's always, they're always trying to bring new ideas to the table. And if you need help, like they do like an e-portfolio, um, workshop like if you want to introduce that to your students then you can get help with showing um, showing them how to do a portfolio and making it more meaningful into your lesson so I think uh, those are some of the reasons why I did want to be a part of MT Engage to kind of have that support system and be around other like-minded professors because sometimes as you said earlier most professors like they, they may lecture and some people might say, why do we still lecture? But, you know, you may have some people who still want to do that. And I wanted to be around other people who were focused on engagement and bringing that piece into the classroom to make um, learning fun for the students. They, the other funny thing about that math class, it was in the Stark Agricultural Building. Oh, yeah. Oh, OK. I was in that building, too, for a couple of years before we moved to KOM. And it was right next door to the John. So every time they, somebody flushed the John, you could hear it in the oh. classroom. <laughs> Which is probably not good for a teacher because, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely not good. Yeah, we were in that building for a couple of years. Yeah, and then we moved to, now we're in KOM and um, in the bottom level, KOM. Well, that's got to be better because that agricultural building was built back in the day when they weren't expecting women to major in agriculture. Mm. And they told me where the ladies room was. And I went in there and there are urinals in there in addition to the toilets. And I'm like, did I walk in the wrong place? <laughs> Yeah, they didn't make ladies rooms. They just turned one of the bathrooms into the ladies rooms and decided not to take the urinals out because it was built back when only men majored in ag. That's crazy. Well, we've come a long way. (laughs) (laughs) I know. It's nuts. Well, thank you, Christine. I appreciate you taking the time to do this. Oh, no problem. Thank you so much. And you have a great day. Thank you for interviewing me today. We'll be right back. Tennessee's farm families contribute to our state's economy, nutrition, and culture. The Tennessee Century Farms Program at MTSU's Center for Historic Preservation acknowledges farms that have been in the same family at least 100 years. To date, the program has certified more than 1,500 farms. 
There's no cost to nominate a farm or be part of the program. For all the latest MTSU news and information, go to mtsunews.com. The MTSU Department of Art has the newest facility for visual arts in the state with approximately 50,000 square feet of space, including high-tech computers and computer-driven equipment for multimedia, graphic design, printmaking, sculpture, painting, and ceramics. We feature a visiting artist lecture program and an exhibition program that exposes students to work by national and international artists. To find out more, visit mtsunews.com. Jimmy Hart has the middle moment. A hidden gem in many ways, MTSU's Center for Educational Media provides audiovisual resources to the campus community and educational partners across the state. Center Director Dr. Laura Clark explains. The Center for Educational Media, a program of the College of Education, is a multi-service program primarily serving College of Ed, but we offer services and support to other colleges and offices on campus. We offer services in engineering and audiovisual services, video production, editing, in our new professional development center. It has grown into a center focused on providing training and professional development to educators in Tennessee. That's MTSU on the record. I'm Jenna Logue. Thanks for listening. MTSU On The Record, a news and information program about Middle Tennessee State University, is produced by the university's Marketing and Communications Office, which is solely responsible for its content. Read more about MTSU at our website, mtsunews.com. Podcasts of this program are available at mtsunews.com and on iTunes.